As much as I like to fight everyone, yeah, yeah. I'm having a pretty good time here. Why are you mad? Why are you mad? Why are you, Why mad? you mad? Recording. Recording in progress. And then this <laughs> it's like got it my options are got it or leave meeting <laughs> just just click leave meeting and be like, you this. didn't say you're gonna record me i'm out <laughs> okay all right we're recording now um that was us responding to the fact that i am recording in progress recording this double <laughs> i fucked up and lost like three hours of us podcasting and i feel horrible but we're just gonna do it again and get everything right back on track so hello welcome to the show hi louisa how are you hi i am sad about the lost episodes you know uh not mad in any way actually uh sad just because we tried to do the right thing like we we're gonna be busy so we tried to like stack up and do two and we were going to like release the Patreon mailbag to everyone so that everybody could hear these great emails that we got. <laughs> and then we fucking fucked them up. Ah, sorry. So, yeah, no, I'm cool. I mean, um, I've just been working a lot, a lot, a lot. And uh, I am going on a trip tomorrow. So I had to do a lot of work up until the moment that I am free to go on vacation just to like make sure everything at work is like, you know, still running and shit. And uh, now I'm doing this fucking talking to you before I have to take an early morning flight. How are you? What's been going on? All right. Uh, I just got back from a show that didn't happen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just biked across Brooklyn to go have drinks with comics because the show got called, which is, you know, it happens. It's one. Yeah. But um, yeah. no, for the most part, I am pretty chill. I'm ready to dive right back into it. Let's talk about West Elm Caleb. The premise of the episode that was lost was that I didn't really read the thing because I was like, Luisa will tell me. <laughs> <laughs> that is a funny thing that we will lose is that now we're kind of like prepared. We have our points. We know what we <laughs> wanted to say about it. But I guess, you know, it's worth talking about because um you know, as usual with me, I'm like less interested with that, like with the actual people involved in a thing than like how everybody responded to it. And I think it is important for us to talk about it, not just like you and me or whatever, but like all people of all genders <laughs> and who are out dating, especially because like it's just so weird the way we keep conflating something like uh, being like a shitty person with being an abuser, with being a predator, you know, like it's fucking really weird. And then like, even like when people make jokes, it's not fucking helpful. So I don't know. I basically just had like three big points that I want to make about this situation. But then I also just want to hear what you think about this as a dude who's out there dating. <laughs> right. So for anyone who's not familiar, uh, what had happened on the internet this week was that, uh, some girl on TikTok, she's like a young 20 something, I believe. Like, and the thing is, I back engine, what is the reverse engineered this where I started with people's reactions and then I had to like drill back to what it was the original thing, you know? When that Worth happens. noting, that's how most people take it. Yeah, like this. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, but then they like, the difference is then they want to become one of the people who have an opinion about the thing, right? So they drill down to find the thing so that then they can have their own opinion about it and like yell that into the ether or whatever. 
And I'm more concerned with just like how we all react to these kinds of things or to this particular thing or all the reactions I saw to this particular thing. Um, but to quickly give it a premise, and I'd like to hear, you know, just your fucking takeaways away from it. Um, a young woman in New York City got on TikTok and she made a video that was basically like, uh, you know, in her defense, I don't think it was meant to dox anyone. You know, it wasn't a thing where she was like, I'm going to get everybody to go after this dude or anything like that. It was simply her making a pretty stupid TikTok about how she liked a dude that she met on an app or some shit. And then uh, they exchanged messages. They maybe went on a couple of dates and then basically he ghosted her. And then she gave enough information about him that in the comments and stuff, other young ladies from her NYU and whatever circle were like, wait, is this this guy? Does he wait, work at West Elm? And does he say that he likes blah, blah, blah? And so then like they publicly kind of like all put together the fact that they had gone on a date with the same dude, right? Right. And then she followed this up with TikToks about like, oh, my God, look at this fucking look what we've discovered. It's a pattern, of you know, like it's like he does this a lot. And it she in particular used the term love bombing. Um, and there was another term. I forget what it was. Um, fuck, I'll think about it and I'll, th- I'll think of it in a second. And what was crazy about it is like. Uh, well, no, let me not jump into it. I, I just want to fucking, I forgot. I was just saying what's hap- what happened with the situation. So then the TikTok goes viral of her saying that this is a guy who is doing this regularly, you know, like almost like a predator. He is love bombing women because he's being super nice to them at first. And then he like just ghosts them, you know. And then uh, I think some of the worst things women had to say about him was that uh, one of them said he sent an unsolicited dick pic. Um, another one said uh, she found out that the day he went on a date with her, he had had sex with another li- girl like earlier that morning slash night, you know, which yeah. is like, who gives a shit? It's not even like you're fucking sucking that dick, dude. You went on a coffee date or some shit with a dude right. who had fucked earlier that day. I would What's go. What's that got to do with you? Unsolicited dick pic is like actually not OK. But the thing of well, he fucked somebody else that day, that's you just got your feelings hurt. I am not, I I don't think that unsolicited dick pic is okay. I just don't think that it comes anywhere near abuse, okay? You could say that it is inappropriate. You could say that it is, uh, what is it, um, disrespectful. You can say that it is harassment if it continues past one, right? Uh, but it is not oh my god this what do you think a predator is trying to achieve by sending you a dick pic he's hoping you like it and that like you want to hang out like i don't think it's a fucking idiot dude i don't know what it is no i think what the the shock yeah i think the guys when they want to like i read this study one time a long time ago that said that like uh when cell phones came out that's when the one thing that disappeared from society was the guys that would run around in trench coats, like flashing people. Yeah. And that is a power thing. Like, I think that's the sort of thing where the fact that it is unsolicited is both why the guy's doing it and why it's wrong. Like yeah, there are yeah. guys that need to control the fact that they like to show their 
dicks to people and sure i do agree with the conclusion even though it is not true that that has disappeared you see dicks in new york city all the time well sure but you know so it's it's a matter of people have moved to suburbs and live now in a silo and so they don't see people so that's why they don't see dicks except for on their phone but in a real city where you are seeing people all the time you still see those power dick shower people right sure they still exist so yeah so i think was that that got sublimated into or there's the there used to be more i guess sure but what i'm, I'm telling you is, from a guy's point of view like i had no friends that do that and i don't think that they're i think right it's and i'm not saying that that is not true i'm just saying that being a predator who wants to exercise power over another person is not the only reason a person sends a dick pic that is what i'm saying jake yeah sure. so uh, it's the if-then statements. The logic that everyone is using is incorrect when they are identifying bad behavior versus abusive and predatory behavior. And the reason this matters is not because, oh my God, let's defend the men that are getting canceled. It's because if we as women are not able to differentiate between, I don't like this behavior and therefore I should stay away from this person and this person or uh, this behavior is actually a danger to me and others, and I should do something about that, or there might be other necessary steps beyond just not talking to this person, right? It doesn't help us date better or have better friendships or have more safe communities to not be able to tell the difference between those two things, okay? And, uh, you know, like, the the use of the word love bombing was a perfect example, I think, with even the dick pic thing, okay? Because it is the same kind of conflation. You're conflating um, a person. Okay, so like a good example is, you know, do you know that um, in early childhood um, education and psychology, it's understood that a, if a child shows signs of ex- early sexualization, it means that they were likely sexually abused, okay? So that means if you are a preschool teacher and you have like a toddler in your class who like takes his pants down and shows his dick to everyone, then you might think that's a possible sign that that kid is being sexually abused at home because he's sexualizing himself and his body parts. If a teacher sees that and immediately is like, I got to call social services because this kid is being raped at home, That is an incorrect fucking assessment of the behavior. Yes, it is a possibility, but it is not the only possibility. There are several other psychological and behavioral explanations for why a child flashes other kids or touches another kid inappropriately in different parts. You know, like there are (laughs) multiple explanations for a behavior and to automatically paint them all with the same brush Forget the dis- forget the uh, injustice to the people that are being lumped together. It doesn't help you. And then on top of that, it doesn't help your own kind. So, for example, when this girl, sorry, this woman used this young woman used the word love bombing to refer to the fact that he's like nice to a bunch of women. And then he after a few dates is like over it and out. Right. And being out covered a different kind, a bunch of different kinds of way. He ghosted. Um, he did something rude, like sending the dick pic or saying something rudely suggestive after it was clear that like they weren't going to go out anymore. Uh, or just like lost interest and frequency of responses. Like, dude, literally who amongst us has not like, what the fuck are you talking about? Um, I just thought of something else that I was going to say. 
So, okay. But, um, so her using this term love bombing, which is actually a real word that is a term used to describe a specific um, facet of abusive behavior uh, that a lot of women have suffered through and are currently suffering through. And that having terminology that describes what it actually is, is useful to help them realize when they're being abused or to help them be able to describe the abuse to another person and get help. But when they jump on the internet and it's a bunch of comics being like, oh, well, first of all, it's a, you know, young women being like all over the place, like, oh my God, he's love bombing me because he didn't call me after three dates, <laughs> you know? And it's like, okay, so maybe I am crazy. So then you're part of like the people who are gaslighting abused women. You get me? Because then you're starting to say to them, this behavior that your abuser exhibited, it's not a valid thing that deserves a term. We're going to make fun of the term. And then you now it crosses over to comedians and comedians are actually making very funny jokes <laughs> about love bombing. But again, the, the public conversation is mocking the idea of this as a real concept, right? Yeah. And the fact is that the real concept is... Um, it's based on a lot of things. It's based on a power imbalance where the predator pur purposefully seeks out a person that they think they can manipulate either because of an age difference or an experience difference or a knowledge or class or wealth difference. Right. And, um, or like job, but that's whatever. And, um, then the way that they go about manipulating the person that they want to abuse is to present with very um, quickly, very quickly with very deep signs of affection and like um, grand gestures of love um, and all of these ways that are meant to, um, in, what is it, synthetically create intimacy very quickly so that the person's walls go down and they start to feel like, wow, nobody has ever uh, paid this much attention to me or opened up their their heart to me so much that they like tell me all their secrets and honestly when you hear women talk about like the dating cis men um you know the stereotype is that they don't fucking open up they don't tell women about their dreams they don't tell them about how their day was at work they don't tell them any of this shit right so imagine if a young woman for example for the first time meets a man who's like texting her every single morning who wants to know what she's wearing every day and send me a picture of how you're looking, who asks her questions about her fantasies and wants to know everything she's ever like wanted to do sexually and in life, who uh, recommends books and things to her that are based around her interests because he's been thinking about her. And I'm talking week one behavior. Okay. So, and like sending gifts to work. <laughs> and I sound like somebody who this has happened to because it has happened to me once. And then um, the person, what they do is once your victim, I mean, potential victim, I guess, is on the hook in the sense of like, they start to believe that you really love them and they could or definitely do love you back. Then they start to uh, withdraw love and attention and affection in a purposeful way of using it to manipulate so that if you want X behaviors back, then now I'm going to ask for, well, you should let me pick your outfits every day because I didn't like what you wore yesterday. And that's why I didn't ask you for a pick today. Or um, it becomes, well, you know, you chose to go out with your friends instead of going on a date with me. So that's why I didn't 
talk to you for a week because it seemed like you were so busy and you had other things to do. So then she, usually she, will begin to, or I should say she, they will begin to um, self-isolate from other people because it made this person, it made them believe that this person will not, they'll lose the love of this person if they are not available all the time, let's say. So it can escalate all the way to physical abuse in terms of like where I experienced it was in the kink world where I was not physically abused, but I got to see that the person that I was seeing who started kind of love bombing me, I guess, let's say with, um, I was very new to kink world and he was not, and he was French. So it was like very stereotypical (laughs) and French. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah, dude. It was like a fucking cartoon and, uh, or like, uh, what is it like? What's that fucking movie called? Uh, Pew. (laughs) No, well, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. But for me, once I realized like, oh, this is where we're going. And the first time he tried to deny me affection or attention in a way, in an attempt to manipulate my behavior, I straight up was like, oh, I see what's happening here. I didn't know the term, but I was like, I just, I don't play these games. (laughs) So yeah. yeah, So I just like got up and I walked out. He walked me out in his apartment because he was going to walk his dog. So he walked me downstairs to catch a cab and when he opened the car, the cab door, he was like, uh, okay, so, you know, we'll talk this week. And I just looked at him and I was like, no. <laughs> and he was like, excuse me. And I'm like, yeah, no, I don't think it's going to work out. You know, it just doesn't seem like it's like, we want the same things like right there in the middle of the street at like 3am. And he was like, oh, okay. But like, obviously mad, <laughs> you know, and, I was like, <laughs> and he was like, okay. And then he just like turned around and walked away. And I just got in the cab and it was very much a thing dig where like, you can tell that his expectation was that I will regret this and then I would come crawling back. And I think it's probably because he had been in this situation and that had worked out (laughs) for him, you know? Right. And instead we just like never talked to each other again until um, probably like two years later on Fet Life, I got hit on by this like really, really beautiful woman. Okay. And her pictures were awesome. We actually had another partner in common before in the past Uh, Like he was currently my partner, but she was his past partner. Right. But we had never met and she hits on me on FetLife. And so then I look at her FetLife profile and on FetLife, you can put like all your partners and shit like Facebook, except like way less trad, obviously. (laughs) So um, a lot of people. Yeah. With a bunch of people and different stuff. Yeah. So in different labels for different people. And one of her people was him. And I think it was like sub two, like she was his sub and he on his page had it. He was her dom. And I look at her pictures and all of her pictures were like, I mean, there were so many hot pictures, but there were some that were, and this was like kind of before I felt life got all the blood stuff had to be taken off and everything. Um, but she would post bite marks, like uh, bites that he gave her that were like, like bloody, you know what I mean? Like full, yeah. like, almost biting a chunk that needs stitches out of your body and yeah and like if you looked back at her pictures you can see that like the bruising escalated over time yeah and to me i was like oh man i was so fucking right about this dude (laughs) you know what i mean like i knew that the vibe was like i seemed like a fucking fairy tale prince for the first month because i i'm i got a big ass coming (laughs) you know and i was like Hmm, I'm out. And so then um, I told her straight up that I thought she was beautiful. But you said, I've got a big ask coming. 
Yes, exactly. Okay. That's Thank how it felt. Ass. But no, ass. no, no. Ass. I'm, fuck. It's like when you um, do a really good job at a job you just got all because you know that they're paying attention the first month and then you're like mm-hmm. i'm gonna smoke so much weed exactly month. and yeah. steal staplers and shit yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah exactly so he uh, that's funny i don't know if i even did i even tell this story last episode i don't think so right not the whole thing i don't think no this is no oh okay well great um so i told her because i don't think any of these people listen to the show if you do i'm preserving all anonymity everything's fine <laughs> um but but so I responded to her, you know, it was very tempting, but I was like, ah, so I responded to her and I was like, listen, man, you know, like you're beautiful. You seem really cool. I would love to hang out normally, but I'm going to be honest with you and just tell you that I know your partner and I specified which one. <laughs> and I was like, I know your partner. And, um, you know, I was with him in the past and he frankly was one of the people that really clarified for me the type of partners I'm not interested in. And while I respect whatever dynamic you guys may have, like, dude, I remember because I like sweated over (laughs) how to write this, but I was like, I respect whatever dynamic you guys may have, but I am not interested in having any contact with any person that shares time with him at this time. Uh, you know, and I wish you the best of luck and I hope you guys are super happy. And if you are ever in a position where you are not with him, hit me up and we can get to know each other, you know, like super polite. And she wrote back to me and was like, cool. I totally understand, (laughs) you know, like all good. And then fucking that night I get a text message from him and he's like, Hey, did you talk to so-and-so? And And I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She hit on me on FetLife, you know? And he was like, oh, yeah, I know that she, like, looks for other women to play with and whatever, whatever. And I was like, yeah, uh uh-huh. So, like, I'm like, I'm not trying to talk to you about some shit that's not my business. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so then I just don't say anything. And so then he's like, yeah. So then he goes, well, yeah, because she told me that she told me that she messaged you on FetLife and that you uh, basically, like, turned her down and that it was because of me. But you didn't she didn't give me any details. And so then he just like straight up goes, it's like, he goes like, what did you tell her? <laughs> and I was like, um, honestly, dude, I didn't like tell her anything bad about you. I was just honest about the fact that I'm not, I knew you and that I'm not interested in playing, you know, that's the term they use. Um, I'm not interested in playing with you or any of your partners at this time. And he was like, man, why? I thought that like, we were fine. <laughs> that's what's so funny about interpersonal relationships is that I walked away from our interactions being like pretty good sex, totally objectifying and a horrible feeling and, and like a feeling of danger in so many other ways. I never want to see this person again. And he walked away being like, she'll probably come back. I'm sure we'll at least be friends. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so then we like, don't talk all this time. And then he's like, Oh, I can't imagine. Like, why would you say have any negative opinion about me? I thought we were cool. We were friends. And I was like, dude, I'm sorry. I don't know what made you think we were cool. We had a very intense like few months. And then I told you I was done and you didn't even ask why. And we never talked to each other again. So how's that equal cool? (laughs) And he was like, oh, well, I guess. But I feel like you could have reached out to me to talk about it. Fucking honestly, abusive people love to do this. Like it's your responsibility to directly hold like hold their hand and talk, pull them aside and be like, hey, you should reconsider this behavior. And it's like, no, nah, dude, I did what was right for me, which was removing myself from the situation with you. And then once I had any knowledge of who your partners were or one partner, 
I was frank and <laughs> told her the truth that I don't think it's a safe dynamic, but all the luck to her. Right. Yeah. Um, and so all that to say that, like, I have experienced it and I've seen it work on other women, not just with this person, but like, honestly, in kink world. And I think in a lot of ways, it's done also in trad relationships. Um, you know, like these people who like get married in the first month that they met or the first six months. It's a lot of crazy shit going on there, but whatever. Anyway, uh, it's not necessarily abusive. But uh, point being that that's the first thing that bothered me is that um minimizing new terms that come up just because they seem like funny buzzwords is like fine whatever make fun of it but you're not actually helping any abused person you're not helping women's situations in interpersonal relationships or in society and then uh, if you're a woman doing that especially i think you should really fucking check yourself yeah my opinion on that what do you think uh, I mean, I have so many thoughts about this and I'm going to repeat something I said in the other one. So I don't know. I'll just kind of go back through this and see if anything new occurs to me about it. But like, you know, part of what's going on with the backlash to these uh, women is that, um, well, they suck. Like, it's fun to laugh at these people because Twitter is mostly populated it's mostly or popular. It's not the word it's organized in a way where for some reason, the people that create all the content that gets put around on it are in like the same city and often the same neighborhood and yeah. mostly the same income bracket. And a lot of times in the same totally. industries, it's Industry, just totally yeah. bloggers and shit. And like people that for absolutely no reason other than they, you know, the, the, the platform, I think it's just they, that they got on Twitter at the right time. Yeah, and the platform favored yeah. them. Like, yeah, honestly, like I, like I, I know this. There's so many things in life that where I'm like, if I'm making a passionate argument about it, it's because it happened to me. Like I yeah. saw it firsthand. You know, if I see somebody doing something stupid, I'm like, I used to do that, and that's how I know. It's yeah. Stupid, right? But like with this, for example, I have a blue check mark, and the reason I have a blue check mark is because you know, way, way, way back when Twitter was first starting, comedians were getting on it, and they were we were all trying to just do jokes on it and stuff because we thought you'd get hired off of Twitter to write jokes on late night sets and shit. Twitter totally changed. Some people got those jobs. But at one point, you know, it's just this thing I had going, and I kind of like it because I'm a textual kind of person, like a verbal person. And yeah, a friend of mine was like, uh, hey, they're giving out blue check marks right now, and they're going to change the the rule for how to get them. But right now, if you apply and you show them that you wrote something in like a major publication, they'll just give you a check mark because they'll be like, this yeah. is a writer and that's going to change. So I got one and part of, I'm not I, I love stand up and I, I feel pretty confident about my abilities in it and stuff. But like, I don't think I'm particularly good at it or particularly funnier than there's a million comics and where it's it's a group effort. You know, it's it, there's a lot of funny people. Uh, there's no reason for me to have a check mark and other people not, but I got it and I used it to my advantage yeah. because it helped a lot in my career. Well, one reason is because it's got nothing to do with how good you are at weight. <laughs> I know, but so, it, it yeah. but it like functions like it does. Yeah. Because like algorithmically, I just I get seen more. People hate me because of it, you know? Yeah. Um, and I get like there's just like this subtle star belly sneeches thing where I just have clout or whatever. So like there's just a lot of I'm I shouldn't be into this group of people, but I am. And so I'm aware of the other group of people that are in it. Right. And so a lot of the people that are like able to get into the zeitgeist of Twitter classically have been 
liberals who are fucking annoying and like yeah they they're annoying because they're they're well off and they have the values of people that are well off so like they you know the reason that that they go viral and then everyone makes fun of them is the same reason that like when hamilton you know was Mm -hmm. secret and you weren't allowed to see it it was only for rich people for fucking five or ten years or whatever and then a couple years ago they let everyone watch it they had this hilarious thing happen where like they thought all these poor proles and plebeians are going to like our thing that we're finally allowing them to see and then hilariously we were all like boo this fucking (laughs) like lin-manuel miranda like locked his account (laughs) because he was you know being quote-unquote bullied like (laughs) one of the most famous powerful people ever you can't be bullied in that way right so um what i'm getting at is like i understand the impulse because one thing that that these people do that is really annoying is abuse concepts like identity politics and like these really highly academic things like gaslighting and love bombing yeah gaslighting thank you, you. Know, that's the one yeah. right and uh and i mean i used to be like kind of an anti-woke uh satirist you know i wrote yeah. a column fucking 2015 or so where like I would just make fun of people like this because it was there was a thing that was back then it didn't I didn't foresee that it would be like literally all anyone talks about in a few years but you know it just kind of seemed like there were these funny like Lena Dunham types and stuff and like yeah. um Lindy Wests and people that were like you know just kind of like smarmy and talking down to you from their ivory tower because they have 10 master's degrees and they went to college and they think that education makes you a better person and not ju- it's not just that you know you know you have a lot of money and so you have a fucking degree and all this stuff culminated in trump getting elected and then there being mm-hmm. kind of this like populist class thing of going fuck you li- rich liberals worst goddamn people on earth so yeah when those people start using a term like love bombing something happens where there's a really fine line and it it's a buzzword, right? Like an annoying, but people miss this. And this is a lesson yeah. that I learned because I'm a former kind of anti-woke edgelord type person. The lesson is not that it is wrong to use concepts like love bombing and identity politics. It's wrong to abuse them, but it doesn't yeah. mean that they're not real. So, but like a lot of people online pretty much are only that one step through this journey where they're like, okay, this sucks. And these people overuse these concepts. So the point is to ridicule the entire concept of analyzing and and intellectualizing social relations between us. And that's like not really a good place to be. So yeah, those, the first thing that happens is that these women do this like West Elm Caleb TikTok shit and it's yeah. stupid and you know i mean it's nuanced but it's like you know we all get why it's annoying because they're missing the point of a lot of stuff and they're, they're throwing a lot of people under the bus of what they're doing and then there's this second wave of people that their only takeaway of it is just oh these are dumb libs and uh they're using this term love bombing and that's stupid and that's actually also really st- bad because the the part that's that's that you should be attacking the part that's critiquable about this whole story isn't just that these people, you know, used like this academic term as a broad stroke to describe something that happened to them. It's that they misused it. 
And yeah. when you attack someone like that, you're doing a disservice to people who have been legitimately gaslit and love bombed and all these fucking exactly, things. Exactly. Thank you. It sucks. You know? Yeah. yeah. And what's interesting is actually um, kind of like related to what you're saying right now. Another thing that bothered me was that one of the praises, because, you know, then after the, the thing went viral, right? So the next step is thing goes viral. No. So chicks make it then chicks uh get together and discover that like they all know the dude so chick makes a new one that one goes viral and then people start responding to the viral thing and then articles get written about the fact that a thing went viral right yeah so then in the articles um there was this like repeated sentiment well there were two repeated sentiments that really made me want to barf one was the idea that the both the women involved in the West Elm thing and I guess like women who were reacting to it in a like yeah yes queen kind of way yeah um they felt like one of the positive things like they were they were mounting a feminist defense of this situation Jake which is extremely problematic for several reasons right but the first one is what connects to what you're saying um about the word usage right uh which is community or like the lack of going to the next step right which is that these women uh they one of the reasons they called this whole action feminist is that it built community for them by which <laughs> yeah dude please shoot me in the face okay so by which they meant that it made them feel like they weren't alone in going through some of these experiences and like they were able to connect Lucy please they were able to connect with um other women who made them feel like less alone and blah 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 right so they go as far as like this connects us to other women and takes us out of our isolation right uh, that the modern world imposes on us but then they don't go through to the next step which is the purpose of community which is to together elevate each other out of the position of being abused or oppressed or mistreated, right? right? And the only way that this would then be feminist is if you actually took the conversation of like, oh shit, we all just figured out that this dude has been dating all the girls in our age group in Manhattan, let's say, and we don't like that. Like, let's get together and talk about like, how do we date better? <laughs> you know, like what are the things that we should be doing? Because hear me out. I'm not saying that this dude is not a shitty dude. Okay. But to me, this was like the Aziz Ansari article. You remember that? Yeah. The, it was in pop sugar, I think. And it was like, Oh my God, such a big deal. But I've said this before. It was kind of a shitty thing that no, it was definitely a shitty thing that that stupid Aziz Ansari article was released at the time that it was released because um, it actually pushed the publication of the Jeff's uh, Jeff Ross. <laughs> I almost said singer. Sorry. <laughs> the Jeff Ross um, stuff about him grooming and fucking teenagers and shit. Um, because Jeff Ross was actually like putting injunctions on, on the reporters who were working on that story. It kept, it was like more dangerous to publish it. You get me? Yeah. And there was a point at which they were going to release it. And then at the same time, or right before, a few days before they released the Aziz Ansari story. So this was after, I want to say, Dalia. I don't remember. And they, uh, and then everybody like blew up, right? The internet and everything blew up about Aziz. And it was with two responses. One, a bunch of people being like, yeah, look, another comedian who's an abuser. Oh my God, he's the same as Louis C.K. And he's the same as Jeff, as like whatever, as all the other ones, right? 
And then a bunch of people being like, uh, this is just like a shitty date and a shitty dude. <laughs> and what happens then is for those of us who read this and are like, this is just a shitty guy and a shitty date. It then throws into question every other person you've labeled an abuser before, because this is not abuse. You understand me? Right. So you, it's the same thing that you're saying about like the terminology for abusers. When you go around lumping every kind of bad behavior into the bucket of abuse, you, you fucking take the teeth out of the word. The <laughs> microcosm like a, of mm-hmm. like a much larger phenomenon, I think, which yeah. is that there was liberalism or cultural lib shit to yeah. not the classic term, but like, you, you know, what I'm referring to is you yeah. know, fucking rich people that make culture and like Hamilton and stuff like that and vote mm-hmm. Democrat and whatever that part right of in the New Yorker. Society. Yeah. You know, they fucking suck. And like, <laughs> there was like it built to a fever pitch with like, you know, society getting really, really bad under obama and for these huge economic reasons and stuff and then the thing where they ran hillary clinton and she was just like suck my dick you have to vote for me no matter what i do you know and she's just like lording it over you know the the working class of this country that like we're we've thrown democracy out the window we're fixing it like you have to vote for this person's primary they have a legacy of all this like neoliberal fucking outsourcing of work and shit like that it destroyed people's families and blah blah, blah. right so within all that there there was like a moment where people of a certain generation that i find myself in i think you know i'm not sure where the age brackets go for this i sometimes gen xers don't see things this way and sometimes zoomers are i i'm old and they're like i wasn't even alive when that happened but like (laughs) to, to i think a certain amount of people right now who are in like a pivotal generation we grew up thinking liberals were good and then like suddenly this thing happened we're like oh fuck this is really bad right (laughs) and then just like west elm caleb they tricked us they were like nice to us at first (laughs) yeah and then it turned out that they were fucking us in the end we got love bombed by the we got love bombed and then we got not even ghosted they keep fucking popping up it won't be dick pics yeah (laughs) (laughs) they do send us dick pics that's jeffrey epstein who they all fuck but like so, so there's this thing where um if and this is primarily because we don't have material politics. We don't have a material analysis of anything that's going on. And we're like trapped in the paradigm of kind of like the, the two party two ideology kind of thing that America is all about because we got betrayed by those people. Uh, and you know, and, and it's obvious and it's painful and it's cathartic to fucking dunk on them. And like, I fucking hate liberals, man. Like they do stuff like this. And your reaction can be so libidinal, you know, that like it, it, especially if if this is not compounded in an amount of theory that no one has the time to read, your reaction to hearing something like this is to throw the fucking baby out with the bathwater and go, well, these people are on the wrong side of politics to me. Therefore, everything that's on the other side of them is right. And yeah, is good and so with with people that like kind of sit around and make their entire politics 
a reaction to people like this, they miss this opportunity to realize that like, this is the ruling class and this is kind of, you know, this is a byproduct of like the fact that we only listen to rich people and stuff like that. And there's this whole like third direction to take this with, which is to analyze the fact that we're living in a, you know, a stratified society and stuff. But like, even like people that throughout all of this got into leftism because there was this huge thing where like now millennials are all socialists and stuff like that a lot of them are still very like (laughs) conservative socially and stuff because what they did with this was go well liberalism is just you know like these obnoxious like college terms like academic terms and stuff so material analysis is literally being like um someone who doesn't pay credence to these ideas at all and these ideas are good it's good to know about love bombing it's a real yeah. thing that someone can use to abuse their power which if you are someone who has yeah. a material analysis of the world you don't you want well, to you know what yeah you know what it reminds me of what you're saying is um i don't know if you're familiar with the term i mean i'm sure you are hard science soft science right you heard that yeah totally uh, yeah. And so like in, in, in academia, it is like a thing where uh, the hard scientists, they uh, look down upon upon us soft scientists, we the soft scientists, oh. uh, because they consider hard science to be like measurable, has like demonstrable results, can be repeated in an um, uh, experiment. Right. Uh, or it has like math involved too, is like <laughs> the other thing. Um, but then they want to, I think it makes hard scientists bad at their job if they don't incorporate soft science into interpreting the uh, hard rules of their science in the same way that you are a bad scientist if you ignore the rules of hard science, right? So if you're a psychiatrist who's out there being like, Let's talk about crystals and fucking chakras or like whatever. Honestly, sorry, rude to, be, to everyone in multiple cultures. But uh, <laughs> in America, if you are a, a Western psychiatrist and you are doing one of these things or, want, you know, no offense, present company, read tarot cards or some shit and like whatever you are disregarding like some of the laws of physics and other sciences, right? If you're engaging in these other things. So, which I'm not saying is not possible. There are definitely people who do that. We call them kooks. And there are definitely (laughs) uh, uh, hard scientists who ignore soft science to their detriment. We call them uh, economists. No, I'm just kidding. No, economists are actually soft scientists who think they're hard scientists. Um, But they have a value. So like um, a good example is like archaeology, uh archaeology and anthropology are actually two halves of the same field archaeology is the hard science they learn how to dig things up from the ground and how to date them with their little fucking microscopes and their little electron carbon dating blah 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 and so then they like come up and they're like i got a whole catalog of all the shit that i pulled from this area and here's what it dates to and here's what it's made of and blah 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 and they're like boom i'm done that's what this whole culture was about about fucking dates and the content of their bowl (laughs) you know like what was their bowl made out of and it takes an anthropologist reading that data and putting it together with other soft sciences like narrative um history written history uh cave paintings etc 
to be able to interpret the actual physical record in into a picture, a fuller picture of what a society was like, for example. So all that to say that we should all be doing both soft science and hard science in both of our lives. And I am going to get to this point and how to do this in dating, actually. Okay. But, oh, sorry, go. Do you have something else? First of all, when I read tarot cards, I do not think I'm doing science. I think. I'm oh, no, doing- I don't. I'm not. I don't think you do. <laughs> I think, I, you know, you're doing you're doing fun. <laughs> well, I'm doing art. It's artistic thinking. It's art. OK. Yeah. And it like lends itself. I mean, it's, you know, it's soft. It's in the soft side of the fucking um, dichotomy of whatever. But like, yeah. You know, I keep bringing up this fucking book every episode. It's like on my brain. Just read this huge book called Body Keeps the Score. It's about PTSD and like biopsychology and and the nervous system and all this stuff. And like one thing that relates to this, they talk about in it that to me, I found really interesting because I, I, I was studying like neuropsych and biopsych and stuff in college before I dropped out. And once upon a time it was a thing that I thought I was going to like devote my life to. And then became a stamp comedian instead and a dirtbag and a bartender. But <laughs> um, <laughs> in psychology, not psychiatry, well, mm-hmm. psychology, uh, maybe psychiatry, psychiatry and psychology are like archaeology and anthropology. Yeah. They're the hard half and the soft half of the same science. <laughs> yeah, sort of. Yeah. Okay, sure. Yeah. Um, I'm not a big fan of psychiatry for the reason that psychology as a science um is was very ambitious, you know, in its origins because it's so soft and it's so unquantifiable what's going on there. And for that reason, there wasn't a lot of funding and stuff like that. And there was not a lot of prestige in being a psychologist. And it was almost kind of a joke. And so people that devoted their life to it were running this risk of, you know, is this science going to die or something like that? Way to hurt my feelings as an anthropologist working on TV, Jake. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the reason I said that is because psychology is so adjacent to, like, medicine. And, Mm -hmm. like, doctors are, like, so... Well, it it operates on living people. Those both operate on living people. So it matters. It's more urgent. Sure. Yeah. And it's, it's, um, and psychology is a lot of things, but some, especially when you get into psychiatry, it is like a service that is like, save my life. Some of it's just studying people, but some of it Mm -hmm. is like, please, my grandfather's insane. Please save him. Right. So in psychology, one thing that happened is, um, the field was going through a, like, it was weak and it was just, if you were studying it, there was not a lot of funding and there was, if you did discover something, it didn't really get like shared around a lot because there was no incentive for people to go, Oh, this person figured out that like shell shock victims from world war one, all do this one thing or whatever. Right. But what happened is when they started to manufacture pharmaceuticals that saved the industry of the science of psychology by making it like legitimized in the public view by going this thing that you thought was hokum and, and hooky spooky shit. Now it's a hard science. Now we figured out, <laughs> yeah. Oh, there are synapses and there are neurotransmitters and stuff like that. But the problem with the impulse to force something as huge as like trying to scientifically examine the human being and soul and like existence, trying to force that into a hard science that resulted in this situation where, you know, there was a huge sensationalization about like all these pills that they had figured out. Oh, they, the miracle drug, this one solves this. And this one solves this early on 10, 15 years after everyone started like fucking put putting everyone in America on Prozac and stuff like that. They figured out that it was a quick fix and a band aid that only served, only served to 
alleviate symptoms and not the root causes of the things that like are patterns that are like you know, most medication. Right. Yeah. And so like mm. the pro the full circle there is that it came back around and eventually because of all the you know funding and prestige that you sort of got from the pharmaceutical thing, you know, eventually some people were able to make some breakthroughs where they, you know, they use the newfound kind of popular science of psychology to do some things. But the, the problem is still that it's like heavily incentivized and, in, uh, you know, f- for profit and stuff like that. And so the, the it's, I mean, it, the need to make it into a hard science for anyone to take it seriously is actually kind of ca- like it's hurting the, the, the effort to actually do what it needs to do, which is a, unfortunately is to like go into some really unquantifiable realms. And then, yeah. you know, I mean, it's, we've, it's the year 2022 and people in psychology are just figuring you know, out, I don't know why yoga works, but it fucking, I does. really hate, I really hate that your hippie ass is putting me in, in the position to have to defend hard science here, Jake, but <laughs> I, hard science too. <laughs> I know, I know you do. I know you do. But I mean, in terms of the psychology psychiatry divide, okay. Because you are not wrong about what psychiatry is. Uh, but I think you are giving too much credit to psychology. Okay. It, and I say this as uh, being an anthropologist and psychology is my kin. Like we are the soft side of our hard science pals. We get it. It's hard, but here's the problem. Um, the problem is that a psychiatrist who is only hard science and doesn't do soft science is a bad psychiatrist. That's the kind of psychiatrist that goes around giving you the pills, doesn't really care, like just tell me enough to like try to sort of make a diagnosis. We'll throw some medicine in it. You'll come back in three months. Tell me if that worked. If that didn't work, we'll fucking try the next one. (laughs) You know, that is a hard scientist. That is a psychiatrist, a person who is like, we're experimenting with your body and your doses. (laughs) And you tell me what your fucking symptoms are and I'll fucking give you a medication for it. Versus a psychiatrist who actually uses the soft side of their science to decide, hey, you know what? I'm not going to give you any medication. You need to go to talk therapy and I need to have a therapist tell me you definitely have depression and whatever, whatever, ADHD, blah, blah, blah. Right. That is how it should work. But because we have a super fucked up insurance and medical system and whatever, fuck, that's not how it works. But then on the other side, are most psychologists are soft science fucking hocus pocus dorks who are not keeping up with the hard science of their field. So they're not reading scientific journals about new understandings of the brain. They're not keeping up with new understandings of how DNA does and does not affect our, I don't know, fucking moods and like gene chemistry or whatever the fuck, right? Uh, And they are, so like literally, the fact that some people currently listening to this podcast are going to a therapist who is a Freudian, Jake, is enough proof of the fact that there's a bunch of fucking quacks in psychology who just learned what they learned in school, picked their favorite dude, and then they go off and they do this like talk therapy or behavioral therapy analysis, blah, 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 just unchecked. Like that therapist that fucking treats all the comics in New York City. He's not helping a single one of them. No. Not one. No, right, mate? Kind of horrible yeah. therapist. Yeah. Exactly. It's, a, it's like a PA uh, you could get. It's not a, it's insane that you're in charge of somebody else's dude, most important PSA, part of PSA, if your psychologist, if your therapist talks Freudian shit at you, you need to get a new therapist. Okay. 
Freud is widely understood to be mostly debunked. <laughs> and it was a, a very um, interesting and specifically important way of thinking in his time and place. But all of his theories were reflective of only one class and one mostly gender and one race in one specific place in Europe for one set of years. And then a bunch of people were like, well, you're just going to apply this to young black men in Chicago. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> What the fuck are you talking about? Do you think because the fucking Belgian uh, fucking housewives that you talked to and gave cocaine to had dreams about fucking their dads that like all women want to fuck their dad? What are you talking about, you insane white man? <laughs> like, it is bullshit. But the way that he thought and that he developed his theories not only was interesting and good, but it was very impactful, obviously, since there are still fucking dummies that believe in it till this day. But understand that that is the same as like if your psychiatrist or sorry, psychologist was like, let me talk to you about Miss Cleo. Or like, I don't know. <laughs> That's super rude, but you know what I mean. So a good psychologist is a psychologist who A, keeps up with the hard science in order to like know when fucking diagnoses change, when new fucking um, symptoms can be found to be part of something else. You know what I mean? When new treatments including drugs come up that might be successful in addition to behavioral therapy and talk therapy you know what i mean right um because there's a, yeah there's a wild amount of space in between these things for things to yeah people, though because i mean for there i agree with you i because i know how psychology works yeah. and who gets degrees in it and stuff I I'd shopped forever before I ever like settled on somebody to do therapy with, because most of these people are exactly what you're describing. Right. But the other side of the coin is that most psych psychiatrists are just in a position functionally to be essentially drug dealers who then justify it to themselves that they're making yeah. money off of pushing drugs totally. because of the way the thing is set up. And so like, I mean, I give her the Adderall well, yeah, and it's, you know, what, if you want to get Adderall, this is how you yeah. do it now. That's your legal drug dealer. Like, great. Right. Yeah. And you might be perfectly fit to diagnose yourself. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Go for it, right. But like what I'm, uh, both of the, the entire fucking thing is like that. Like it, it, the, the problem that I have mostly with the way people treat it is that it's, and this is the way it's presented also is that we tend to look at somebody in a white lab coat and go, oh, they know best. Like they know how to solve the fucking sorry. thing that is a something happened. Uh, oh, my phone rang. I thought you heard it. Sorry, sorry. Go did on. not hear it. Okay. But like the the way of giving yourself over to it is completely antithetical to what you should be doing with it, which is to engage in like a dialogue with somebody about what's going exactly, on. Exactly. Exactly. Right? But like um, the the. The process I was describing, though, kind of dialectically about like what happened with the origins of it being just like hypnotism and stuff. And then the, the money coming in from the legitimacy that came from the hard science has somewhat of a happy ending, which is that now people that are not completely cravenly motivated by the pharmaceutical industry who were researching in the soft part of it to begin with, but were honestly researching now have hard science at their um disposal and so there are some things happening where there is the entire 
like concept the, the the process is being completed and the the chains are being linked together and they're you know it's it's stupid that it's taking this fucking long but there are some interesting things happening where people who's like focus of study of it is what the fuck is going on with what creates depression not just oh how do totally. i get a pill that numbs you are being yeah. able to like read you know mris and yeah that now and like, it's so crazy because it's like actually kind of like three it's kind of like three different people because it's like the psychiatrists that we get drugs from they keep up with the drug stuff you know what i mean but they're just like throwing drugs at symptoms right like they don't yeah. really care like just tell me what your symptoms are i'll put that in a category and then we'll start cycling through all the drugs to see which one works right but the, and then the psychi- the psychologist, the typical psychologist, no offense to those of you that listen, I know I have some friends that are in the field. No offense. Write me an email. Tell me that you're mad. Um, but uh, the typical psychologist is, like I said, a person who like learned whatever type of therapy they learned at the school that they went to. And then they don't really keep up with like, it's not like they get retested or anything. You know what I mean? Like, so if you are like, honestly, this is why I won't go to like a 55 year old therapist because <laughs> then like you got fucking like 30 year old theory in your head i need to i need a young one like, <laughs> you ever meet somebody yeah. who's like into commie shit and they're like yeah. oh i'm a ml or i'm an anarcho-syndicalist or i'm a fucking left calm or whatever and you're like that's not how you do this. <laughs> yeah. It's like <laughs> yeah. picking up. Like fucking... you're just gonna silo yourself off into the most little like like, like a video game where you're like, yeah. I'm gonna play a fire type Pokemon or whatever. That's not how it works. Yeah. But then so then the third kind of thing that happens in science is these research scientists are the ones that are like actually doing research on brains and stuff and then writing papers about them. But then that's the problem is like all the people who are producing new knowledge in science, they're only publishing in these like academic papers mostly. And so it's only being read by other academics, not by practicing scientists. You get me? Because there's a difference between like the people who fuck with the public versus the people who do research. Right. So it's just a really, and, and honestly, it's because of capitalism. It's a really fucked up system where our knowledge production systems are disconnected from the systems that provide services and products to people in society. Because yeah. capitalism doesn't value knowledge production. But let's get back to West Elm Kid. <laughs> because I had a second feminist thing that made me mad, Jake, which is that like the second way that these the women in the videos and the women interviewing them for the articles and some of the women reacting to it on Twitter and other social media were claiming that this was feminist was that it was a good example of the way that like the whisper network and gossip are feminist tools for um, helping keep each other safe and build community, building community and eliminating threats. Right. And it's like, dude, again, you are doing disservice to an actual feminist thing. Because an actual whisper network and gossip network that informs other women about an abuser, a person in their community that they should stay away from, that is a rapist, that is an abuser, is really fucking important. What these women did on TikTok is not that. Nobody from any of the dozens of stories has come forward to say that they were raped or abused and that's why like dude i'm sorry a dick pic is not abuse it is not abuse it is not rape maybe you don't you might not like looking at it 
you can block this person from your phone. I mean, like, what about what Louis did? He's Lu- kinda... What Louis did is physically putting his dick on people and like trapping them in a room. I mean, that's assault. That's like so. That's the line between that and sending the, somebody. A... The line is you. The line is you are actually in danger, Jake, and you are not in danger from. Uh, from a dick pic, dude. I'm sorry. I mean, if this person is sending you a dick pic every day or more than one after you said, I don't like this. Yes. Okay. I understand how now you're feeling harassed by this person. One, every example that everybody said about this was Caleb, whatever his name is. Uh, there, I think only two women said something about a dick pic and one said he just sent it unasked. And then the other one said, he asked her if he could send a dick pic and she said no. And then he still sent it. And that's the end of the story. He didn't keep harassing you. He didn't keep asking you for another date. To me, it's a very like burn the bridge move. (laughs) I think West Elm Caleb's like, fuck, I don't think he's cool. And we're going to talk about how he's not cool, but hold on. I don't think that that's a defensible act. Like I think it is like, I am not defending the act, Jake. I am not defending. I actually wrote down, okay. pulled excusable. back on the dick defense. The word no, no, no. Is it's not excusable. It is not excusable. No, just like, okay, listen. Uh, a dude being rude to the waiter on your date is not excusable. Is also, it is also not abuse. No, hold on. Hold on. Hear me out. That's what I'm telling you. We need to learn to differentiate between bad behavior and abuse. And especially when we're talking about like, Two women said he sent me a dick pic. Dozens of women are saying he is a ghost, uh, a ghoster and a gaslighter and a uh, love bomber. To me, that's what's wrong with this story is that there's one thing he did that is wrong. And everyone's equating all the other stuff with it as saying that's the same thing. So then uh, but all you're telling me then is there two layers of things like. Okay, fine. The but but the thing is that's why I'm not defending Caleb. Everybody's like you're all mistaken if you think that I'm defending this kid because I'm not. The only reason I'm bringing up the way that women reacted to this is because yo, I can't fix men and I'm not saying that I can fix women, but I can talk to women as my own and I have been through these experiences and I'm telling you it is not helpful. It's not going to make you have a happier life or better relationships. To assume that every man is a predator and that every slight and every bad behavior and everything you didn't like equals abuse and you're oppressed and you have to be liberated. Get the fuck out of here. It is extremely even insulting to victims, to the people actually in really difficult situations that you think the fact that you got one dick pic that you didn't want (laughs) one time means you need to get on the Internet and talk about how this person is a horrible person. Look, let's go back to liberals for a second. This is why these people fucking suck is because they're white feminist to the worst degree. And part of that is that, you know, a lot of the the language that these people are using is language that was hard fought by like to get yes by like bell hooks and Franz Fanon's Mm -hmm. and all these academic people that came from like 
the third world countries and the fucking dregs yeah. of the earth to explain power dynamics. And the thing is, when a rich white lady goes to fucking college and reads about this stuff, if they don't have if you don't have material analysis that's explaining yeah. you are basically one wrong below white men, there's a temptation that people have to, to then just go, wrap themselves in oppression, right? To, and essentially yeah. to be a gender reductionist about yeah. it to the extent and this fucking came to a head in 2016 in politics and comedy and in new york and everything where you had people like people that knew damn well that they were in a in for most for to in most ways a more privileged higher seated position than you look at you and try to switch that around because it's very self-indulgent to yeah. use this language and go oh i'm just like yeah bell hooks i'm just like the wretched of the earth i'm just like you know all these fucking people and it's go gross, man and what i mean for me yeah. as a guy in comedy i moved yeah. to new york in like you know the mid uh last decade or whatever it was insane because i'm poor i'm latino but i'm white enough passing to where i have plenty of white women just look at me and they just scream at me and i can tell they're screaming at their white dad about and i'm like fuck you i'm an immigrant man like <laughs> i'm from a family of immigrants at least yeah you're yelling at me as if i owned plantations and shit like your fucking yeah. family did and like what the so the revenge factor that's like going on I watch one of these TikToks, the woman that's going like, I don't care if he lives or dies. Ugh. Like the fucking thing in her eyes where she's like, you know, we're going to get this guy. Yeah. Is completely misguided in that it's conceiving of itself as like revolutionary fervor. Like we're going to topple the fucking king. But it's yes. like you're actually attacking somebody. For all you know, I mean, you're he just he has a job, and you might. Not. We're going to talk about this fucking idiot in a second, but <laughs> but let me ask you this, okay? How do you think everybody would have reacted if a man had made a TikTok about how uh, he went on three dates with a woman, he bought her dinner three times, she fucking barely like she acted like she didn't want to fuck him didn't put out at all and then he found out that he actually she actually had gone out on like five other dates that week and fucked three other dudes and meanwhile he was paying for the expensive dinners and then all the dudes fucking pile on on her and then it goes viral and everybody identifies her how do we all feel about that that's that, cool that actually happened it's called bar stool sports it's a really good podcast. oh my god i'm just kidding <laughs> So, no, like if you if that was if that had happened, you're right. It would be seen as incredibly misogynist. And I think that they up, yeah. know that. But their conception of justice is like, you know, like in like 2015 or so, when I was first started to really do New York yeah. comedy, a really popular thing for like young, white, broad city type ladies to do was start a podcast and name it like Miss Sandry, because the oh, idea yeah, was yeah. misogyny is bad and our parents' generation, you know, maybe was like, we're going to fight this with equality. So fuck that. That didn't work. We're going to so fight it with kill all men. Right. That fucking <laughs> yeah. shit went like super viral or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, that's a funny joke, but yeah. these people kind of, well, because most people. No, they took it serious as fuck. And it's not because <laughs> the, it's like, I, th I think the reason they took it seriously as fuck is just because we don't have any political outlets. So like whatever you do artistically is your entire politics. If you don't also have like express politics. So 
they really, I mean, they're, they're people, this, that's this, these women are like, they're not joking when they're like, we are going to kill a man and oh, someone who did something, you know, I mean, I mean exaggerated, but like they we're going to hurt someone to a degree that they don't deserve just because as a reduction of this entire fucking story, that kind of sounds like it makes sense, but it's totally yeah. Men are human beings. So are women. So are white people. So are black people. Every like this is not the way to go about this. You know what's funny? The Let only people you should treat like this are the fucking ruling class. Yeah, and dude. nobody has any goddamn material. I mean, analysis. I'm just gonna throw out this weird thing out there that I have not analyzed, but I think sounds right on a first pass run. So Do I'm it. just gonna say it. it into a podcast. Uh, you know that idea of like. Uh, it's not an idea. It's a fact that like uh, race is not real in the hard science way, but race is real in the soft science way, in the sense yeah. that it is lived by people and it has real life material consequences, <laughs> even though it is not a hard science provable thing. Right. Yeah. Um, I want to throw out there that I think gender is the same thing. Totally. Gender even though you can find sexual differences for chromosomes, gender is not chromosomal. And it is something that is purely defined by society. And like the way that you should look and behave and dress and think is all defined by society based on your gender. So it is a real category that has real impact on who we are and how we live our lives and how we are policed and policied and everything, but it's not a hard science real thing. And I think that's the thing that people have to learn in the next 50 years, hopefully, is that like while sex and sex organs might be a hard science thing, gender is not. And we have to deal with the reality of the fact that we have pretended that gender was real for a very long time. And therefore it has material, real consequences for the people that are in certain categories. But the answer is not to change your own category or to create more categories, but to realize that it is not actually a hard science, real category that matters in any way other than to you personally. You think that these women are reifying gender by doing yes. this that they're doing. <laughs> yeah man i fucking hate it so actually well actually before i go over to this like little dating thing that i want to talk about you reminded me of something uh when you were saying about like having like white women for example like uh, middle and upper middle class white women getting like on their high horse towards you about how you are an oppressor because you're a man, but then you're like, but I'm like of a lower class and I'm an immigrant. <laughs> I'm like a, Literally delivering your pizza. Yeah, exactly. Like, wow. Let me tell, it's so it. weird. I feel like uh, white people don't really realize, man, how they step through the world, you know, like, uh, so check it out. Uh, so, you know, I've been taking pottery class, right. For like a year now, a year and a half. And so what it, how it works is I have class once a week and then the rest of the week I can go to open studio time and practice and do whatever. Right. But so once a week I have class and it's with a teacher who teaches you new stuff. And this semester, uh, my teacher has been like, I don't know, on some trip or some shit. So there we've had substitute pottery teachers. <laughs> OK. And last week we had oh, I'm so glad that this is like a few a couple of weeks ago because I. I even like wanted to tweet about it, but I'm like, oh, I don't want her to think I'm making fun of her or anything. But like, this is what happened, Jake. It's like a young white woman and she's a graduate student in pottery, getting her master's degree in pottery. So she's like a fucking genius potter. You know, she knows a lot. 
Mm-hmm. Fucking honestly, pretty cool. But here's the thing. She's one of those chatty types. So like if you've ever gone to like a yoga class, you know the difference between a yoga instructor that only speaks like very directly technical language to how you need to place your body and what the next move is and breathe in, breathe out, etc. Versus the yoga teacher that's like, we're going to start with a prayer and an ohm and center <laughs> ourselves and then talk about like what we're picturing and imagining and our fucking centering our chakras and blah, 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 you know, and like won't shut the fuck up the whole time, you know? Yeah. So she's like the second type, right? And so she's like a sculptor or sorry, a putter lady who is like doing her pot and she's like explaining the assignment to us, but she's also like babbling the whole time. And so she starts to tell us that next week she's very excited because next week she's going to India. Okay. So we're already like, Oh, eyebrow raised. Right. <laughs> and so then she's like in the middle of a pandemic, white lady is going to India. So then she goes, <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm very excited because I, you know, not only have I never been to India, but I'm going to see my boyfriend who I haven't seen in two years since the pandemic started because he went home to visit his family and then he got stuck there and he hasn't been able to return since the pandemic happened. So I haven't been able to see him. So then she goes into like the fact that he can't come here but she can go there because she's American. And so then she starts like lamenting how difficult and oppressive the immigration system is in the United States. And picture there's 13 of us in this class. We're all wearing our KN95s. We're all fucking hands in the clay, busy looking down, listening to our pottery lady. Tell us about this. And I just look up and across from me is like an Asian dude. And we just like lock eyes and we just both are like weird, right? (laughs) So fucking weird that we have white lady who went to fucking like Bard or whatever the fuck to get a master's degree in pottery (laughs) is sitting here being like, have you guys heard about how difficult the U.S. immigration system is and how unfair it is? (laughs) And they're like the only two not white people in the class. And we're like. Yeah, no, we've heard. (laughs) We've definitely heard. Uh, Extremely interesting that you're just finding out now, though, because you want to see your boyfriend, who's an Indian guy. Oh, Uh, But anyway, that was a side story. Um, Let's talk about this dating style thing. Finally, let's get to Caleb himself, this motherfucker. Because, you know, one of the things that is really funny to me about dating apps, Jake, you've done the dating apps, right? Some of them sometimes. Hmm? Yeah, of course. You've tried them out. Yeah. Uh, so what's really fucking hilarious to me about it is that we're all on the same dating app, even though we don't all want the same things and we don't, we're not all the same type of people and we don't date, date in the same way. You get me? Yeah. And what's hilarious. Chris there had a joke. He said the, Mm -hmm. this is back when Tinder first came out. I was like, Tinder's great because it's where people who want to hook up for a one night stand and people that want to start a family go to meet each other. Yes, exactly. 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 And so then what's funny is like, you know, NYU girls, right, who moved to New York to go to NYU, probably from a privileged, rich family. Right. And uh, that means, honestly, shelter life, probably blah, blah, blah. You move to New York City and you start dating on an app. And this little bitch is shocked at the fact that the guy that she went on a date with has fucked several people she knows tangentially. And Jake, 
Are you shocked by that? Has that not happened in your fucking dating life in New York City? Like, oh, this, you know what this reminds me of? Yeah. That show Euphoria came out and it's fucking badass. And we have to do an episode for sure. Yeah. But the central phenomenon of it is that the the reaction to it is split between people who are like, this is unrealistic, or you know, this isn't what I was like when I I nerds. Or or they maybe were like this, but they forgot. And then there's people us who are like, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what it was. it was like to be 14. <laughs> yeah. if, if I, I just go, didn't have a phone. I didn't have an iPhone. <laughs> like, if I hear somebody that goes, like, I went on a dating app and I live in New York and I yeah. hook up with somebody and then I found out that they've hooked up with a bunch of my friends, I'm like, yeah, Bushwick, baby. Dude, exactly. <laughs> awesome. Yes, dude. And so, okay, so you can understand that, like, if you date on Tinder, for example, in a small town, that's why it sucks because there's only fucking five of you swiping in the whole entire fucking town right. in New York city. There's hundreds, if not thousands of singles, I, I guess thousands, right. All swiping on the same thing. And therefore, if you're on there for a year, the reality is like, we are kind of all dating in the same pool. That's what it's called. Why it's called a dating pool, I guess. Right. And, uh, we also it's pretty, it's pretty naive to believe that a, you are finding like gems in the rough that nobody ever discovered before you, you dumb 19 year old <laughs> or 20 year old. But also it is dumb to think that like everybody who's out there is like wanting the same thing as you. Okay. Well, uh, well tell me what you're going to say. It's schematic here. Sorry. Well, what just happened to your sound? Oh, sorry. Hold on. I okay. elbowed my thing. Sorry. I'm good now. Okay, go. What I was going to say was, um, you know, the other reason that you're, you're going to hook up, you're going to, match with somebody on a dating app that knows a bunch of your friends is because literally the point of the app is to filter people into each other based on common interests so like you are going to find somebody who also was found and found all of the other people that are like into the same shit as you it's hilarious happens on dating apps all the time where you're like man holy shit i live in the biggest city ever yet i found somebody who knows my friends because we all like the same shit yes but jake isn't it funny that even before dating apps the reality is that like a lot of times the person that was a good match for you or a person who is a good match for you is often the friend of a person you dated first by mistake (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. that hasn't happened to you. Yeah, uh, yeah. So as far as this like dating type, this is what I think is useful to my community of women who have been ghosted and gaslit and love bombed. It is not to get together because, dude, there was one girl she said um, about Caleb. And when, like I wrote down this quote, Jake, because it made me so mad. She wrote down. She said, I gave him so many chances. I fell into a trap. We all did. Okay. And then from that quote, it went on to be like the community crap about how we all went through the same thing and it makes us feel less alone. And I'm like, how about we are critical about what you just fucking said? Why did you keep giving him chances? So you were implying that he disappointed you or made you mad or upset you multiple times. Could be a dick pic, could be was rude to the waiter, could be didn't make you come, could be didn't pay attention to you for three days after you fucked. We don't know. Right. But at any of those points, if you didn't like that, you you should have fucking not given him any more chances. Why aren't we talking to each other as women about that shit? Of like, you don't need to put up with this shit. That's community. That's helping. We all fell into a trap. 
yo, you think this motherfucker is smarter than you? That like, <laughs> right. what are you talking guy. about? Right. He is, so this is why I want to talk about like dating styles, Jake, because it's yeah. important. Okay. Because the one that I commonly make fun of is the trad escalator. Right. So, you know, everybody's familiar. And I do think that for the most part, the majority of cis women are dating for the trad escalator, which is uh, they are interviewing people to be their life partner for the purposes of breeding and or buying property. Okay. Uh, and then a small percentage of cis women are dating for the purposes of fucking meeting new people, making new friends, having fun. All right. But it's a small percentage. Okay. And so what I, what I think we all need to understand is that like, <laughs> yeah, it's That's a cool percentage. But what I think we all need to like say out loud and understand is like the young women who made this thing about Caleb and the women, even older women who identified with it and were like, hell yeah, yes, call him out, girl. Uh, these are people who like, they think that a good date is going out on a first date and talking about how many siblings you have and what your degree was in college and what your job is now and what do you do for fun on the weekends and then they don't fuck until the third date and the guy pays on every date and if he pays on every date and he asks me all the right questions and his answers are all right for my questions, then maybe I will have sex with him on the third date. And then if I have sex with him on the third date, I expect a call from him after that. And then if he calls after that and we have a sex a second time, then that means it's on. We're monogamous. We don't have to discuss it. It's just me and him. I'm turning off the apps. We're going to see where this is going. And then a month later, three months later, four months later, I'm going to have to have a conversation with him about, hey, where is this going? Because it's been X amount of time, time to move on to the next step. That is escalator dating. Okay. So I think that if you date cis women, you need to understand that the majority of them are usually dating in that way, but you cannot assume because people like me will be really mad <laughs> when you assume that that's why we're doing. All right. Number one. Number two, there is a dating style that I would call dating by the numbers. Okay. And it's mostly men that do it, but there are women who do it and non-binary people who do it because they just want to fuck. Right. So it is a style where, uh, you can't like you miss every shot. You don't shoot kind of situation. Oh, you get me? We talked about yeah. this last time we recorded. I knew guys, yeah. part of the story is from a guy's perspective, it's stupid when you know a guy who's like, dude, let's go to the beach. I talk to every woman. Uh -huh, and, yeah. And you're like, that's dumb. But yeah, eventually goes home with a woman. With so a woman or the bar. There's the bar. The guy that's good at it at the bar. Yeah, it it is a thing. And there's the guy that is good at the app, dude. And that's what you need to understand as people dating cis men because it's mostly cis men that do this. I would say I think gay men also do this, but I guess that's not a problem for women. Well, That's a problem for other gay men. <laughs> yeah. And they're often doing it like to each other, you know? Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. And it's understood. <laughs> but what's good about gay culture, honestly, is that they understand that you have to have a conversation to become monogamous, not that you assume monogamy and you have to have a conversation to become open. Right, because it's flipped around. Ridiculous. It's being default. Exactly. It's uh, you opt in. and Exactly. It's all yes. the difference. So that's why they have a, a, a lower 
rate of hurt feelings and people accusing each other of ghosting and love bobbing and all this fucking bullshit. Right. So I, I feel like this is not a defense of Caleb. I want to say Caleb is a piece of shit who is a by the numbers dater, right. Who is out there swiping yes to as many ladies as he possibly can copying and pasting the same message to every chick to increase efficiency and maximize responses. <laughs> um, he did there, you know, uh, so I guess like what he's been telling them is that he is a furniture designer at West Elm. And Jake, this is the funniest thing. So multiple women said that he told them that he was going to name a couch after them. <laughs> <laughs> and what's so funny to me is that like, bitch, it worked. You fucking yeah. dropped your panties because this motherfucker told you he was going to name a couch after you. Grow the fuck up. <laughs> like, learn to discern real shit from fucking fake flattery that's trying to get into your pants. Like, that I'm is like, one thing that really sucks about this, right? Yeah. One thing that sucks about it is that, like, it's liberals are annoying and that they're conceiving of this as justice. If you want to fight white supremacy, it's not by getting a guy named Caleb who's just some guy right yeah. but like the, the whole thing of like oh we built a community that's liberals suck like the, they hate it yeah there's instead of any political action and like unionization or fucking they anything, just co-opt the language it's just yeah. like oh it's always we built a community we raised awareness mm-hmm. fucking end of story nothing yeah. fuck these fucking people that's all they can think of it sucks yep. right the, the other thing is what is this what is your agency in this? What does this say about Thank you? Thank you. That was my next point. Yes. So, go like on. I knew you were going towards Preach, that. Jake. <laughs> if you if you all are going towards this guy and you're like your takeaway from this is feeling entitled to, you know, this situation and and feeling remorseful about it. There's a this is this man is on some level if we can get away from the idea that he's a fucking predator and understand that he's a human he is a chaotic comet flying through the universe. Yeah, he's just a like dumb you. piece of shit. Yeah. And we are all like this. So you, as a scientist, need to learn from your patterns and repeated interactions. And you probably are going to hook up with a bunch of guys like this. But then, like, you know, after the 10th time, it's like, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me Jake, do you know, do you know right? that multiple of them mentioned that he was 6'4"? Oh, yeah, because that's what these fucking people are going off of. And then they're yes. like, well, why am I not? And then people will ask me why I make fun of the whole tall thing. This is why. It's because of the very artificially inflated idea that tallness is somehow in- inherently attractive and equals a good partner. Let me tell and you so, something. But You're- look, what's equally happening is like the women keep going after fucking idiot tall dudes because they're just like, that's the kind of guy I'm supposed to go after. And then the tall idiot is like, oh, all the girls want me because I'm tall. So I'll just tell all of them I'm six four, and then they will all fucking want to go on a date with me. And then I'll see which one fucks me. And then the fucking women are like, why? Why is he doing this? Yeah, because you all fetishize the fact that he was fucking six four, idiots. <laughs> and so now he fucking thinks that that's the thing that'll get him laid because it actually gets him laid. You morons! <laughs> right. I'm telling you, as a tall person, I'm six mm-hmm. like one. I slouch, so it yeah. Know, but six one, part of what comes with being tall yeah. and being privileged in that way, which is kind mm-hmm. of a privilege, because sometimes women just want to fuck you. Yeah, is that you aren't thinking ever? You're a himbo. You're just like yeah, thinking about cartoons. You're a piece of meat. And, <laughs> yeah, and no, nothing is even occurring to you as you stumble through life, having a good time about why, 
like all of the neuroses is happening in the other person's head where they're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, totally. person and you're just hanging out. And the tall guy's just being like, I have so many options. What do right. I do? <laughs> How do I schedule like, them all? <laughs> but they're, the narrative that this guy's a predator is coming from the fact that they're thinking that he's like seeing all the stuff that they see. And it's like, why would you if you're just no. walking around? Yeah. Like, you know? There's also something that's honestly hypocritical about um, objectifying a person for a physical attribute and then being offended that they were not emotionally valued. Fucking you. fetishized them. Yeah, exactly. You treated them like an object and you got treated yeah. exactly in return. Jake, to be honest with you, fine. it's fine. But to be honest with you, that's what happened with me and French guy is that, yeah, yeah is that uh, I realized he was fetishizing just like our interaction and how the thing should be. And I didn't want it. And so I rejected that, but then it was like, oh, that's the break in our interaction. Oh, yeah. yeah. Where we realize like, oh, you want to fetishize the thing that I don't want to be or fe be fetishized for. So I will walk away from it. But I realized that's not where most people are. But I guess what I'm trying to say is like dating, you know, in comedy, you know, in fucking, I don't know, punditry, whatever the fuck people talk about dating is like, it's such a fucking bad thing and it's so hard and whatever. And it's like, I genuinely be genuinely believe from my observations and experiences and the depths of my heart that the only reason that dating is difficult is because we all walk out the door into the dating world believing that everyone out there is looking for the same kind of relationship we are. And that is what fucks you up. If you go onto an app and you swipe yes on a Caleb, a West Elm Caleb, while you are trying to get married soon because you're in your mid 30, 30s and you'd rather have a kid than have to pay to freeze your eggs, you should not be swiping yes on a West Elm Caleb. And you might say, well, how could I know that he is this type of guy? I'm sorry, girl, but there are ways to know. <laughs> you know, like you can talk to him, you can ask questions, you can have real dates where you have real conversations that are not just rehashing all the like points on a fucking biography that people need to answer. But like, do you want kids? Where do you expect to live for the rest of your life? What are your politics? Do you believe in God? What kind of relationship do you want to have? How are you, how is your parents relationship? Talk about real shit on a first date. If you're actually trying to have a real relationship, if you are just trying to fuck, of course you're out there just saying whatever you need to say to just get laid. It's honestly, I'm not saying it makes you a good person if you're out there just trying to fuck, but it also doesn't make you a predator, I think. It makes you a person who's just like playing the game the way that society has taught you this works. The numbers game works. The telling every girl I'll name a couch after her name after her works. The fucking well, the sending the dick pic results in fucking half the time. So I'll keep doing that. Jake, uh, listen. As an example, um, I think I told you about this on when we did this originally. Uh, I have, okay, because in New York City, a very large city, if you are a person who has been dating you, on apps, you do like cross date with people. Like you end up like people that you dated date other people you know, that kind of thing. Like suddenly I have a friend who literally just moved in a year ago with a guy that I introduced her to on our first date. <laughs> okay. So it's just like, it's understood that this is the thing. So 
I had a guy that I went on one date with from, I want to say Hinge or some shit like that. And so we had enough of a good conversation that I gave him my phone number and we then started texting each other. And then we had enough good conversation on the text that I was like, yeah, let's meet up. We went on one date. We go on the date during the date. I'm like, ah, not really feeling it. Not a good vibe. So afterwards he keeps texting me interested, but I am not interested. But since we only had one date, I honestly don't feel like I owe him a breakup conversation. I'm not ghosting him or anything, but I just, with every response, showed less interest, you know, and it was just like more delayed in my response. I don't owe you a res- I don't owe you, like, we don't owe each other anything. And this is the thing we need to talk about because I think this whole situation arose from the fact that currently our modern situation is that a bunch of us are out here believing we don't owe anybody anything, but also people owe us explanations for not wanting to fuck us anymore. Yeah. People owe us respect for things that they don't know we've done. <laughs> you know, like you need to understand that this does not make sense. Like you right. are having cognitive dissonance right There's now. <laughs> like think pieces of where women are saying, like, you yeah, know, I, I make a man tell me we like yeah. why we didn't have a third date or whatever. Yeah, dude. Hey, that's fucking weird to begin with but that's also- like a man forcing you to show up to dinner with him to explain why you didn't fuck him after he spent three hundred dollars on a dinner with you yeah well, it's, 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 like you're saying it's it's inconsistent with what you expect of other people mm-hmm. how they should treat you and the only yeah. justification for unequal interaction like that is this weird fucking white lady feminist lib idea that like women should oppress men as some sort of like uh, revenge or, for yeah. like, in theoretical, you know, just flattening out of all people on yeah. the basis of a gender dynamic or gender binary that we also don't think is real. So like, exactly. the fuck, dude? I mean, it's like joking about like killing all white people or something. It's a good time, but you are wrong. We don't mean it in practice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Actually, is not yeah. how it works. Most mm-hmm. of them didn't do anything and are poor and all this shit. And yeah. are actually, the problem and stuff. And and, uh, and that's why um, I am not mad at people who made jokes about love bombing or gaslighting or whatever. Yeah, I I do think you're doing a disservice to people who are being or have been abused but i don't think that's your responsibility it's fine jokes are fine too yeah jokes are fine fine. and that's why no you should think about it you know you should think about it but i'm not mad at you and i'm not saying you can't make jokes about these things i think you should consider it but i am mad at the women including the women who made the video and the women who wanted to defend this whole situation as feminists you are not people who are trying to make jokes for the purpose of making people laugh and bringing joy to people. You are people who are taking honestly a political stance on shit that actually affects abuse victims and doesn't help them. And it is shitty and a betrayal to your gender, frankly. And you should reconsider the fact that like, Every time somebody does something that hurts your feelings, it doesn't mean that you have been abused. Yeah, conflict is not abuse, you might say. Yeah. Like that book. I tell you something about like the dating strategy stuff you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, I've thought about this stuff for a long time and like. Like, just be honest about what you're seeking. There's a, a thing you can think about. I have a very easy answer to this question. Yeah. Would you rather get hit by a car and die or hit someone and kill them with your car? 
Oh, I'd rather die. Yeah. Me too. Right? Right. Yeah. The worst thing in the world imaginable would be to live with that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally agree. Honestly, how I feel about like things that are socially transgressive and abusive and stuff like that, or considered abusive and violating stuff in terms of dating because shame of being dragged in public for having fucked up is so fucking like devastating and weird to me. Partially because I'm a fucking weirdo and like my yeah. I come from a family full of autistic people and stuff like that. And like did, learning to date was really hard. And you were like, well, if I say the wrong thing and all this stuff, yeah. for that reason, like I do not want to be the person that gets fucking, you know, that, that even makes a mistake and then is like West Elm Caleb and is like, you know, this guy fucking did this thing. So my way of solving this problem has always been to be really into consent and be like, you know, it ruins the fucking mood sometimes if you meet a woman and you're like, can I kiss you? Because some women have this fucking shit where they're like, it's like, don't ask me, just do it. (laughs) And it's like, well, what if I just shove my dick in your pussy? It's like, would that be rape or would you love it? (laughs) Impossible to know that you want to do that. And it's like, if you do that to every woman, eventually. Well, can I tell you something I learned in sex parties, which this is what I was getting at. Oh, okay, go. This is I'm telling you, I've solved both sides of this problem because like, with the dating stuff consent is big and like the stuff that you're talking about in terms of like um you know the first date being honest about what you want out of stuff learn from the gays like gay people they're honest dude they're not they don't have a yeah. default thing that they, is going on yeah. when date. So they have like, to define their path there's no right. path they can walk yeah that is how everyone should be doing this the fact that we're all like so scared that we default to like okay i'm just gonna let the person assume that i'm doing the fucking escalator thing that's going on fucks everything up that's all bad and that's one that's one part of this problem but then and and i want to be clear that if you're a guy who goes along with the escalator shit even when you are unsure that you want it you are being a shitty person who is leading somebody on yeah everyone is sort of like complicit in the thing right yeah the other thing, though, I wanted to say is like, let's go back to this dick pic thing, man. The reason I'm so yeah. stuck on this is because people are into weird shit, you know? People like doing weird yeah. stuff like that. And it's it, it doesn't matter the intention sometimes if the, if the oh, reaction I agree, I agree. is yeah, fucking yeah. like, you know, something that, that could fucking traumatize somebody. So like, yeah, yeah. for me, something that I've learned from the kink world and from all of that stuff is that the way to like get around that problem is consent is really fucking important because once you have consent, you like can both people are like, you know, way freer to things. But to your earlier point, some dudes who do the dick pic thing, they don't want consent. Well, that's, they want to do the violating your, that's when you get to call that guy a monster and do a west elm caleb thing yeah but you might be mistakenly you know dealing with somebody who accidentally fucking bumbled their way into yeah totally totally and they're not the same as a predator who purposely crosses your lines that literally is the line because i've had friends who like i like i literally was like i think this is going on hey can we clear this up and they'll go like 
No. You know, <laughs> oh, I'm going to do it this way without the consent. Yeah. I'm like, you're a rapist. Now I'm going to call oh, you a rapist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like call you an abuser. Well, good. You should. This is what I love about you being a color outer <laughs> is that I am sure as your friend that you would also call your male friends out on their yeah. male behavior. <laughs> did this. Yeah, that's why anybody anybody who wants to fucking fight i'll fucking defend jake we'll fight uh <laughs> let me tell you something uh what i learned at king parties that goes along with what you were saying uh that i thought was really useful and like you know um i kind of struggle with this line of like when you're blaming the victim and whatever the fuck but it's like i'm not i'm never ever trying to blame a victim for a situation that happens to them i am trying to empower potential victims to figure out how to keep themselves from dangerous situations as much as possible. It doesn't mean you will always be able to avoid them. It doesn't mean that when you fail to avoid them, it is your fault, but you should have metaphorical pepper spray, right? Like an ability to sort of kind of keep, try to keep yourself from dangerous situations as much as possible. Right. And I thought this rule that I learned at sex parties really was useful. Okay. Which was because it speaks directly to patriarchy, Jake, Yeah. which is um, at this one particular sex party, it was one where like, you know, there's food, there's music, there's face painting, blah, blah, blah. And then at a, at one, at a particular time, the lights come down, this host comes up and he tells you, okay, like now it's sex time. This room is for couples. This room over here is like you can meet strangers, blah, blah, blah. Everybody have fun. Remember the rules. And one of the rules that he said, the host, was around the word maybe. Okay. And he said, remember, if you want to touch anybody, you need to ask for consent. And if anybody asks you to touch you or to play with you and you're not sure Do not say maybe. If you say maybe, that leaves it up to the person who's asking to decide how to proceed. If you say no, that's a no, period. And then if you change your mind later, it's up to you to go up to them and say, hey, I know you were interested later, earlier, I changed my mind and now I want to hang out with you. So it puts the power and the agency in your hands to be able to say, In this moment, when you ask me, the answer is no. I might change my mind later, and it's my responsibility, or it's now on me to come back to you and say, hey, I changed my mind. So either your answer is yes, I definitely want to be touched, or I want to play with you, or your answer is no, because if I'm not sure, the answer is no. It is not maybe. (laughs) You know, If you are not sure that somebody should touch you, you should say no. Because then, like, how, if you're not sure, if you say to somebody, I'm not sure if you should touch me, the next step is them touching you so that you can find out how you feel about them touching you. And how you might feel about it is oppressed and abused and horrible and objectified, right? So don't make people, don't let people touch you until you are sure you actually want the touch. Well, you know why there is such a focus on consent in that world is because like 
people go to those parties like with intention to do things that yeah. are way higher octane and like more mm-hmm. transgressive and weird. And so you have a situation where the stakes are way higher if something goes wrong, which means that you need to actually be on the same page yeah. about stuff because if you fucking hit somebody and they didn't want it, that's really fucked up. That's bad, up. yeah. So it's important to go, is it okay if I hit you or you want to hit me or whatever? Yeah. Right? But the opposite of this, the other end of the spectrum is the the trad world agency, dude. Yes, that people... you should be you should be opting in to these things, not just fucking riding along a wave. Well, in this like situation where people are dating West Elm Caleb and shit, yeah, they're you know they're in the opposite of that world, and so because the stakes are potentially lower. Because mostly what happens when you go on a date with somebody is you just hang out and then you go, I don't know what's how many brothers and sisters do you have? <laughs> and yeah. because you're hiding within the normalcy of everything, you purposely like you you purposely don't use concepts like consent because it's romantic to have it be a thing that happens organically. But that's stupid because people still get hurt within that because everyone's miscommunicating. And it's, I don't know, I'm losing my train of thought here, but there's something like about it that it's like, of course, like learn from fucking nerds and freaks. Yeah, dude. Well, that's what I'm saying. So uh, I guess if I can uh, give you game theory as an anthropologist is that you should stop assuming that everybody that you meet on a dating app or even in the real real world um, wants to date the way that you want to date and you need to grow some balls metaphorically speaking and be able to state to other people like hey i am trying to find somebody that i can breed with and co-parent with and have fucking property with and 401ks and all this shit and move past the six four fuck boys that are not offering that to you stop fucking getting blinded by that shit and move on if you are actually interviewing for a real position, then fucking use a real metric and stop fucking pretending that you can fix these fuckboys or change them or like whatever. You, there is a fundamental problem with the fact that women, we like simultaneously want to claim our agency and our victimhood. And I do think that both things are real and we need to claim them, but they are less real for some of us, white women, sorry. Uh, If you are going to simultaneously try to claim your agency and your victimhood, you also need to claim your uh, involvement in the oppression of all the other people around you who are not white men, right? Well, and also understand that that's like why you are going about the world the way you are. That's yeah. why you're dating like a weird fucking normie trad person and not like yeah. a cool person who is just like, hi, I'm a human. I want. This I just want to spend time with you. <laughs> or, you know, say if you want to have kids, you yeah. have a fucking house and shit. Just fucking say that instead of just going, you're tall. I'm going to trick you into this three date thing. Here's what yes, I was getting dude. at. Here's what dude, I was getting so, at. A friend of mine told me. Sorry, let me throw this out there. A friend of mine. Maybe he was joking, but basically he said he moved in with his lady because she let him fuck her in the ass pretty early on. <laughs> and I think no. he was joking, but I don't think he was joking. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think mess. that this is a way in which 
the escalator gets secured. You make good food. You let him fuck you in the ass. Maybe he will stick around and um, compromise all of his personal desires in order to get some ass in a sandwich. What I was getting at about the consent thing is in the kink world, um, people still do like get hurt. Right. But because there's so much like lifeguarding around that with the consent yeah. stuff, people get more hurt, but less often. And in the trad normie world, people get less hurt, but more often. More often. And that's yeah. why you have these people with like scraped knees from going, yeah. oh, I was with a guy who was kind of vacant. Who fucked a leader, a lady <laughs> earlier before coming to have coffee with me. But they're treating it like it's a real problem. And it's, just yeah. offensive to people who have been through the other thing not even because of well a lot the of real thing the in, real abuse yeah right. no because dude re- disappointment is real feeling like uh this like a person that you made time for doesn't value you or doesn't find you attractive that's real uh the disappointment of i was really into this person and they were not into me and they lost interest that is real and that hurts these are all valid feelings that suck and that we can build community around in terms of like all women of all ages and types and styles and colors and shapes experience this at some point, but it's not the only, it's not the only experience and we can build a better community around how do we date better? How do we better express our needs? How do we better define our boundaries? How do we better uh, keep people out of our world who we don't want in them, as opposed to always playing this card of like anything that I didn't like automatically automatically equals abuse and this like disparity in power when it's not dude when you're talking about like dating a literal fucking idiot who is six four <laughs> just because he was six four and hot shut the fuck up dude if okay if a man if i had a man friend and i have a lot of man friends but if i had a man friend who like only dated women based on the fact that they're double d's okay and then he <laughs> kept coming back to me being like this one fucking, she's not smart enough. She's not nice enough. She doesn't listen to me. She's not fun. She's not good at sex. She's not attentive. The answer is not women who are double D's are abusive and shitty. <laughs> the answer is you are not choosing the right partners based on the right metrics, you fucking idiot. Yeah. Right? I I don't know. I just think that we all need to be... I guess more honest about what we actually want and why and better at communicating what we want and what our boundaries are, regardless of your gender, regardless of your age. Yeah. You know, another thing is much over here. If women will call it from a guy's point of view, women will call you immature if you don't want to like get married and move in. (laughs) Essentially. It's just thing that happens all the time. And it's like, well, Th- that this West Elm Caleb guy actually is immature, and you're calling he is, yeah, you're calling someone who disagrees with you immature and someone who's immature abusive. Like, that's yes. both of these are wrong, man. Both are wrong, Just absolutely. Fucking get and the dude, fish guy, get the guy who's holding a fish and he wants to. Fucking and my whole point is like, honestly, I don't care about you and I don't care about Caleb in this conversation. I care about the women dating you guys who are miscategorizing you guys and who are like 
doing themselves a disservice through it because it doesn't make you happy to waste your time like this. It doesn't make you happy or better or like in any way improve your life to blame a fucking idiot, no offense, Jake, (laughs) for like not being the thing you wanted (laughs) as opposed to learning from like, oh shit, I got blinded by a little bit of a fucking like shiny thing and I now realize that's not what I'm looking for. I am I should be looking for X, Y, and Z. I'm not taking what you're saying personally because I am making an effort in my life <laughs> to learn things from shit like this. Yes. Couldn't, couldn't be me in 2022. Not gonna go fucking. I love it. Listen, uh, people love our dating episodes so write to us uh we we did do um a mailbag where we had so many good um emails that people wrote back to us about the laura jean grace did i get the name right billy wayne davis lord no not billy wayne davis (laughs) he wrote to us about remember how to say that yes um but basically they wrote to us about train stuff queer stuff uh so much stuff that we love and we did a good episode but the sound was fucked up so we're gonna do it next time but if you have anything else to talk to us about dude we also didn't get to the tyler fisher crazy right-wing shit but we'll, well do I, it in the next one i know man this, yeah we did like two hours on west Dome i know <laughs> <laughs> it's not on caleb it's on the rest of us dating the caleb's <laughs> i have so much to talk about we could keep Tyler Fisher. with Tyler. I know we gotta we gotta leave it to the next thing, dude. He follows me and I retweeted you, know, <laughs> and, the other thing. and I'm like, oh, he's gonna see this, but like, he should know. He should know. This is feedback he should see. I'm sure he's gonna be blocked. Um, yeah. We, if you're a listener to the show and you notice that we have been out of sync for the last couple of weeks, I don't know. You know, life we'll got it. hectic. Check out yeah. next week. We'll be back on track, and there'll be tons of bonus content and everything. So please, yeah, don't leave. And also, uh, join the Patreon if you haven't already. If you are on the Patreon or you don't care to hear the answers to your emails, email us at uh, whyyoumadpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear criticism, questions, suggestions um, from all kinds of different people, especially if you've never written into a podcast. I want to hear from you. You're the ones that I want to hear from. Uh, I have nothing to plug because I literally am... Uh, Jake, two years ago, you were the first person who ever said to me, this pandemic is going to be the only chance that millennials have at a retirement. Yeah. That was two years ago. Yeah, dude. And I am taking your, I am taking your word as bond for real. I'm like, Jake is right. After this, it's going to be like nonstop work until we die. Yeah. They have already literally turned to that where the CDC and everything is like, "Mm." like stay home unless you got to go to work (laughs) and so i think the end of our retirement period is coming so i very much am leaning into it i i'm gonna enjoy it i don't think i will ever reach another period of uh quiet and calm and rest as much as i have (laughs) during these two years ever again yeah yeah yeah. So I'm chilling and I'm going to the Dominican Republic tomorrow. So mm, everybody enjoy their life. Enjoy the snow that's coming, Jake. I will be on the beach. I'll send you pictures. <laughs> I have two shows coming up in February. One of them is my show, my live show. Uh, it's going to come back February, February 15th. what? 15th. 
yes. so pretty soon in three weeks the day yeah, after valentine's day february 15th i think it's the name of a get up kid song uh i've got a bunch of really great comics again booked our friend melissa rocha is gonna be on it and uh momo puhe and alex attack from another podcast i what love momo and i haven't seen him in fucking two years three he's years. so fucking funny um alex love it who else you got max bruno our pal oh um, we love max so oh well i can't <laughs> so actually no but, okay 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 i'm gonna throw out max max I don't think you would mind. Okay. This is the thing I'm going to say. Oh, because it was related to the dick pic thing. Okay. Not that Max sent me dick pics. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. What had happened was uh, there, the guy, I started to tell you this. I went on a, on a date with the dude with on Tinder. It was fine. I didn't love it. We afterwards, I was just like, it's cool. We'll just like, let this fade out. Right. This guy, this was like three years ago, Jake. And this dude, no lie like once a month will text me just like let me lick you want to smoke let me come over i really want you <laughs> like just like lines you know yeah. that i think have probably worked for him in the past but are not working for me so i have a like text message history that goes back to like 2019 where i think in august of 2019 i replied to him and i said hey man it's been months since we went on a date. I'm obviously not interested in you. You should stop texting me. I don't understand why you keep texting me. And then he replied being like, oh, because I'm going to keep shooting my shot. <laughs> and then like for the last two years, he continues to texting me about it. So I tweet about it occasionally every time he like re-ups, <laughs> you know, like yeah. because it's a very funny screen grab where it's just him texting at nothing because I never reply to him. You get me? So I post it and then I get a DM from Max. Max and his girlfriend have an open relationship. I feel like he's open about this. She's open about this. So I think it's okay. So they have an open relationship. So Capisha, his girlfriend dates. And so it turns out that she also at some point went on a date with this guy. Right. Yeah. So at a comedy show, she comes up to me and she's like, dude, we saw your tweet. Can we compare phone numbers? Because I think it's the same guy that sends me the same kind of text. And so we both pull out our phone and we like compare the phone number. And it's the same dude. So, so again, in New York City, people who are dating, we're all dating. You know, we're all out in the same pool. So what is funny is that she and I both get like monthly texts, which to me makes it clear that he kind of has like a Rolodex and he like alphabetically goes through the cycle of like texting every woman he thinks maybe could respond with a yes with like a copy and paste prompt. You get me? Yeah. So it's like a literal shooting of his shot playing the numbers thing. And I don't respond. She doesn't respond. But apparently some ladies respond, Jake, because this tactic works for him. Yeah. Right. So he has kept doing it for years. Do I think it's annoying? Yes. Do I think that maybe it's like bordering harassment that this man has continued to text me for two years? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. You know, he's texting me. Do I feel in danger, oppressed? Like I have to call somebody for help? No, man. It's just a fucking idiot who keeps thinking that if he keeps texting me, he might get his dick sucked. That doesn't in any way hurt my feelings or oppress me 
or have anything to do with me. It's just kind of pathetic on his end. You know what I mean? Yeah. So all of that to say that if you put everybody who is out in the dating pool into the context of what they're trying to achieve, it is not as deep as you think it is often. And therefore, the fact that some people behave in a shitty manner doesn't mean it's abuse. I am not defending shitty behavior. It is shitty of you to send a dick pic to anybody who doesn't want it. It is shitty of you to keep texting a person who doesn't want to talk to you. There are many shitty behaviors. But Jake, do you understand? Um, This is almost like a common trope now. Um, When people will like comment on Twitter that when their grandmother talks about how their grandfather courted them and won them over they're basically like dude you bitch you were being harassed <laughs> like you're being know, abused yeah because in like 1950s the way that your grandma got married was like the dude asked her to a soda fountain she said no and then he was like i can't take no for an answer so he kept fucking stalking her for like a month <laughs> and so yeah. then she was like well i guess he really loves me i'll marry him <laughs> and it's like yeah no that's crazy that is not at all what we're trying to say that life should be like but you need to understand um again another thing i think i've said on the show before um uh carmichael what's his name gerard gerard Car- yeah gerard yeah gerard carmichael dude one of my favorite jokes on a special it was on eight i went to see it live and in the room it bombed jake in the room people were like horrified at what he said but literally what he said was like he was like, uh, this idea of a good husband is a very new idea. Like it has only existed for a few years. Because in reality, your grandma, best case scenario, your grandpa was uh, absent, you know, not present, not loving. Worst case scenario, your grandma got raped a few times. And the whole room was just like, oh, how could you say that about my grandma? Yo, and I lost it laughing because I was just like, that is the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. This acknowledgement that so much of what we idealize is like they've been together 60 years, literally started with harassment and rape. And it was just a situation where a woman was like, oh, this is like not as bad as like other possibilities. So I'll just stick with this guy that raped me at 17. <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's fucking bad. And you romanticize these ideas of traditionalism and ugh, true love and all this shit. And you don't at all acknowledge how much of traditionalism is based on absolutely power inequality type of relationships and like really shitty close to rape kind of shit. Yeah, I agree. My second show is on mm-hmm. February 24th. <laughs> all right, all right, whatever. Like 10 minutes <laughs> this is my plug. My, two dates. my second show is on February 24th. <laughs> my it's plug not- is watch Gerard Carmichael's 8 on HBO. It's <laughs> <laughs> right. good, I know. We've talked about it before. Okay. Okay, bye. Uh, <laughs> February 24th. <laughs> I have a show online. 
tickets are on rushticks.com. You can get them on rushticks. That's where the website, that's where the show is hosted. It's me, some friends of our show are opening, and it's like an online Zoom show that I'm going to write material specifically for because, you know, getting paid to do a Zoom show. So I'm not going to phone it in or anything. So I'll put the uh, link in the show notes. Capitalism makes people work for real. <laughs> I have to piss so bad. We just did two hours. Mm-hmm. All right. I can't believe it. Are we gonna do a fucking mailbag? Up to you, man. You have to fly. All right, we gotta take a break. I, but I'm also not gonna sleep. Let's be honest. All right, fuck it. Let's, oh, let's pause. Okay, gotta we gotta take a break. I gotta smoke a cigarette and pee. Okay, bye. All right, cool. Bye.